I V M. Welcome to the Equity Sahiya podcast with Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. This podcast will delve into the investment insights and philosophies of Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company and speak about the frameworks used by them to assess various sectors for investment. Folks, welcome to the show. My guest, Shailunkar, Senior VP at Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. And today's episode is going to be about a very, very, very interesting sector, which is pharma. The way that we call the pharma sector in India is just pharma, although it covers a massive variety of uh, sub-sectors. Remember that this and IT were really the glory sectors back in the late 90s. They're supposed to take us into the 21st century because India has a lot of competitive advantages in both these sectors, whether it's low-cost facilities, low-cost talent, and an entirely global market. We know what happened with IT. We also know what happened with pharma. The story was good, started off really well. Of course, the last few years have been tough. She is going to walk us through the entire sector, you know, in the usual format that we've been, that we've been following in the previous episodes. And we're going to just spend a little bit of time in the starting explaining the sector because this is a really, really interesting and a very differentiated sector as compared to whatever we've discussed so far. We've spoken about banking, we've spoken about insurance, we've spoken about automobiles, we've spoken about cap goods. Pharma, believe me, is really different. It's going to be fun, believe me. Shrey, welcome back to the show. Good to have you here. So let's start with the definition. Right? I mean, you know, pharma globally, in India, it's all good to call it pharma. Okay, but if you're someone in the US or Europe, what is pharma? There, pharma is just Dubai. But what we call pharma out there is a massive sector. Let's start with defining it, probably laying down a boundary, laying down a parameter so that our listeners can understand what exactly is pharma. Then I wanted you to take us as take us into how this is different from other sectors. Okay, let's start with the definition. So, so the definition actually it's better to call this a healthcare rather than a pharma, because what happens is that there are three parts to this healthcare spend. One is what you spend in the hospitals. The second is what you spend on diagnostics, which is before going to the hospital, and the third is what you spend on the medicines, which is the pharmacy part. So there are three divisions. That happens. And typically, um, what happens is, in India, we spend about 6.5 lakh crore on, on the entire healthcare space, out of which almost 70% is on hospitals. And uh, where the remaining is between That's diagnostics six, and pharmacy. 6.5 lakh crores. 6.5 lakh crores. Yeah. So, uh, actually, what we spend in pharmacy is, on a value context, is it's actually quite less. Although it's it's may not be a very right comparable or a right reference point, but in the interest of some humor, mm. you can actually think about it. We consume about one and a half lakh or odd crores of medicines mm. as Indians today in India, and um, we consume amounts almost the same amount of liquor <laughs> in India. What seriously? So uh, it's yeah. So the we, old Dawai Daru, so Dawa and Daru is actually Daru in the, you know ironically in the same <laughs> value uh, <laughs> share of wallet zone. Man, uh, I didn't expect that. Yeah, it, it's a little ironical. But uh, but typically what happens is uh, the way you have to think about healthcare spend is there are a couple of secular drivers which really work through over the longer term. In the near term, there are gyrations, there are disturbances. But over the longer run, what ha- what matters is one, globally life expectancy is going up. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors used to live 
for much lesser than what we are going to we going to outlive them for sure mm-hmm. the second is globally the population is aging as the life expectancy goes up the people who are growing old the stock of older people is actually growing mm. so globally there is an estimate which people say that more than 60 years old that population will double over the next 10 years mm. third in india specifically as your income rises your healthcare spend will rise disproportionately because what happens is healthcare is a spend which comes when there is a need and at that moment psychologically when you are hit with a problem or a medical problem your tendency is to spend up to your hilt of your affordability you never measure that yeah. should i spend this much of my money that is then my wallet you will actually bet your entire wallet on the problem that you are at that point of time psychologically dealing with that's interesting uh, right because you would probably downgrade for a car if you don't have that much money you'll say instead of a big car i'll go for a small car or a bike or a fridge but yes you're right if i'm not well and if i'm going to a hospital i'm going to put my entire money out there and say give me the best possible healthcare and money can buy you're right yeah. Yeah. and and lastly what is happening is in the last 10 years actually the lifestyles have also changed quite a lot uh, specifically in india a lot of new lifestyle diseases are coming there is there are no more sedentary lifestyles however there is an offsetting fitness trend also that is picking sure. up yeah, yeah. so there are offsets but the point is our lifestyles are also changing and a different lifestyle will lead to different kind of problems that we will have to deal with yeah. so these are the broad secular reasons why pharma healthcare uh, specifically as a spend mm. consistently globally even in the developed markets even in the developing markets even in the underdeveloped markets will continue to rise over the next 10 to 15 years okay India is a very unique market. We know that, you know, because the numbers that you gave me, the six and a half lakh crore breakdown, I can see from here itself that a massive amount of that four and a half lakh crores goes just for hospitals. And like you said, that we spend as much on medicine as we spend on alcohol. I still can't get over that. But let's get into the differentiation aspect. Okay, how is India fundamentally different in pharma, healthcare, diagnostics as compared to the world? So when you look at it so one one common metric that we often use is you see the overall healthcare spend as a percentage of gdp very broad very broad yeah. that is like the most broad macro variable you can look at we spend about 3.5% of our gdp china spends almost 2x of that us spends 5x of that wow as a percentage of gdp yeah so, so we are at 3.5 china is at 6 China is US about five and a half to six. Yeah. Yes, wow. and US spends seventeen. It's funny, but yeah. Vietnam spends more than us. So, yeah. <laughs> and they're equal. Yeah, okay, that yeah, you're right. I mean, that is something that strikes out. So, uh, Vietnam is clearly far less developed than India, at least, yeah. and uh, they spend more than us. There are two interesting features to this hmm. feature. So, hmm. one is what we spend is much less than what we spend. Hmm. Probably a function of infrastructure. Of function of our income per capita threshold mm. our overall prosperity levels sure. um, mentally and wallet wise mm. but what is also different is that in india we spend 70% of the entire healthcare spend is on hospitals whereas wow. globally it's almost inverted uh, you don't spend as much you spend almost half of that amount in hospitals that's off that is just totally weird right because that's like saying that when we get sick we just land up in the hospital directly we don't even think about medicines or diagnostic first and then we just just go to the hospital straight away yes the hospitals are in cheap yes okay. hospitals are in cheap yeah. and more importantly what what makes hospital doesn't cheap is for a country like us uh, we have a 130 crore population yeah. the largest hospital chain in india is less than 10000 beds Huh, so that's it yeah so the okay. the, the scale disproportion yeah, so yeah. your demand outstrips supply yeah, yeah, and yeah. as a result your healthcare cost 
the hospital cost outstrips uh. in the overall um, healthcare spend i think you're uh, going to lead up to the fact that the government itself hasn't invested that much in healthcare would that be a, a logical it could be also that it could be uh, some structural policy oriented reasons also it could be some motivation lacking of motivation from the private sector to go and put it could be real estate barrier because hospitals are very capital intensive yeah. you need a real estate and you need accessible real estate yeah. uh, you can't have a real estate which is 3 hours away from the city correct uh, to set up a hospital correct. which is of world class yeah. many times because uh, our urbanization has just started hmm. uh, real estate is very scarce correct correct also yeah. so there will be many structural reasons also yeah. along with policy reasons the third part which differentiates us is the funding part of it so whatever little we spend who funds it so globally what happens is governments support the citizens of their country much more than what we get supported in india mm. because our social security architecture is just uh, a, a lot behind other countries sure so in india government supports typically one third of the spend mm. but in china almost two third of the spend is supported by the government wow even in china even in us yeah. half of it yeah. again in vietnam again uh, more than half of it is supported by the government wow. but in india only one third gets supported by the government so and what you say government support it could be that they have universal healthcare or they could be you know funding uh, they could be so when you visit the hospital it's free of cost so all, in some form or manner on those lines right absolutely okay and you all look at it this way the other way around that today if 70% of our healthcare spend is spending on hospitals 60% of the hospital spend we spend on out of our own pocket wow neither the insurance company pays for it oh, we spoke because about that we spoke about in the in the insurance episode where you said that mediclaim and all that is really underpenetrated absolutely yeah, so yeah. either we have not taken adequate health insurance that is why we have to pay from our own pocket yeah. or the government is also not stepped in to done its complete uh, full duty hmm. to to support the indians in the paucity of health insurance hmm. so logically health insurance and government support are supplementary okay uh, so you have to have adequate health insurance so that this 60% uh, out of pocket actually goes down so in us for arg- for argument sake say uh, we spend 70% of our spend in hospitals hmm. in us they spend one third of their spend on hospitals wow. and on top of it even what so whatever little they spend on hospitals only 10% or 12% of that is spent on out of their own pocket wow the remaining 88% somebody else is bearing on their behalf either wow. it's the insurance companies or it's the government so that's the kind of uh, you know vastly varying proportions yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we india is and that works yeah, makes yeah. india very different yeah, so just to summarize this what happens is that bottom line is we spend far less than what we should and whatever little we spend we spend a lot out of our own pocket and out mm. of our own savings right there are so many cases we've heard about medical expenses breaking a house completely you know you just uh, a family needs to spend so much if there is a serious illness in the house so now let's get to the corporate side of it to the company side of it to the sector side of it in terms of how the sector has evolved over the last whatever 20 25 years i remember back in the 90s this was a hot sector this was a really hot sector whether it was the domestic market whether whether it was the overseas market but i'm sure that you know this entire time period can also be broken into few halves let's just take one step back and look at the evolution of the sector now for the interest of the discussion although the overall spend is a lot more on hospitals uh, but we will talk a lot more about the pharmacy piece the medicine piece right because that is where the largest amount of market cap is listed yeah. so when you talk about evolution of the pharmacy piece think of it this way so over 20 25 years ago mncs used to have a 80% market share because they were the only ones who had medicines which were researched in their 
होम लोकेशन भी यूएस यूरोप जापान एंड देन दे यूज टू कम टू इंडिया एंड देन दे यूज टू सप्लाई दो मेडिसिन टू अस फॉर हेल्थ केयर However, there was an inflection point sometime in 2000 mm-hmm. when the government recognized process patent versus product patent. Right. Uh, when the when this shift happened, what uh, given how high on engineering talent we were mm-hmm. and R&D talent we were, we were very good at reverse engineering the same product <laughs> yeah. and found, find a cheaper solution and a cheaper outcome. Right. So a brand was cannibalized because somebody could. create the same medicine using a different process yeah it's like saying that if i have a brand if an mnc has a brand called abc an indian guy could put out the same thing and call it abc.1 yeah with a different process of manufacture obviously with a different process not the same process not the same process yes so because of which what happened is that indians made a healthcare very affordable also and it became uh, very generic also in a way and we became high on uh, reverse engineering okay. our, our skill set was reverse engineering at that point of time okay also at that point of time we were a lot more aggressive in our marketing practices hmm. versus the mncs these two things led to a rise in our market share indian companies market share versus the mncs sure. and so much so that today mncs market share has come down from 80% to 20% right okay and indian market share is 80% okay the other thing what happened is because indian market was doing so well they used these cash flows hmm. to explore out of india and go to the rest of the world and the us market hmm. because sometime around the same time what happened in in, in mid 2000s or early 2000s there was a huge uh, patented products which were going off patent in us which led to the same reverse engineering skill to be tested for a different market that's like saying that if a certain if a certain drug had a patent validity of 10 years or 15 years around about 2000 was when a lot of these what we call blockbuster drugs went off patent off patent and that gave an opportunity for us to actually make the same thing absolutely okay. so that time around about 100 to 125 billion dollars worth of drugs which were going off patent which were an opportunity for the indian companies and plus by this time indian companies were cash rich so they can invest in r&d create a reverse engineering process and go to the us market mm. and create a generic market out of there mm. and this strategy worked wonders so just to give you a context uh, sometime in 2000 we used to spend less than 2% of our sales of our such a low base of sales we used to spend only 2% right today we spend anywhere between 7 to 15% of sales wow. in r&d the indian pharma companies the indian pharma company so wow. the largest pharma company used to spend uh, in 2004 not long ago mm. in 2004 Uh, which is 15 years ago, used to spend about 20 crore in R&D. Mm. Today, it spends 2600 crore in R&D. Wow! So that is the amount of you know metamorphosis the Indian companies have gone through. Sure. Where uh, from a manufacturing, you become more R&D oriented, mm. and so much so because we were so good at what we do mm. in reverse engineering, so much so that today we have a 40% volume market share in US. the indian players the indian players 40% have volume. 40% wow. uh, 35 to 40% volume market share in us that's a crazy stat all these things coming together what happened is that we used our single skill set because we were very good at manufacturing we were very good at r&d mm. and the cost of doing both were also lower in india versus us yes. and the world so as a result we capitalized it very well to become a global scale supplier to the pharmacy sure and when we whenever we talk about scale china always comes up but right. the good part in pharma is because the quality standards are so high china never featured 
as a credible competition to India, and wow. that is why India is the new China for the pharma market. We'll just take a small break out here. We've spoken about the evolution of the sector, definition of the sector. On the other side of this break, we're going to be talking about where the sector stands today, what the future looks like, and how to choose a good stock in the sector. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Shridharditya, and I'm Amit Doshi, and we host Shunya One. It's a really fun podcast where we talk to some of the best entrepreneurs in the country. Yes, talking about everything from their startup challenges to what they're building and all the future of technology, right here. So catch us on the IVM Podcast website app or wherever you listen to your podcast from. Welcome back to the Equity Sahiya Podcast. We're talking about the pharma sector today. So, Shree. A lot of what you said reminded me of the Indian IT sector. Same story, right? Again, we've had low-cost talent out here. We've been able to serve the uh, the US and the world on creating, you know, code and servicing the entire opportunity. The IT sector has evolved a lot. You know, TCS now is what I've heard that it's in the top three or top five market cap stocks in the world in IT. Pharma started off really well. The recent past hasn't been really that good. If you just go into where the sector stands today. I believe Guru, you have a nice breakup of how to look at the current status of the sector. Yeah. So uh, before we get into this discussion, um, uh, one point I wanted to make, which is, uh, which we need to understand when we discuss a pharma Indian pharma company versus say an Indian manufacturing company. I need to draw mm-hmm. the distinction out because in any other manufacturing company, your capacity of growth is reflected on your balance sheet. In the sense, you put up a factory. That means you are putting up a fixed asset which goes on your balance sheet. So your capacity building or your growth outlook is dependent on your balance sheet, mm. not so much on your PNL. Mm. PNL is a result of the balance sheet. Correct. In pharma, however, what happens is because R and D is a very key critical growth component. Mm. But the way the accounting works is all of the R and D or a large share of the R and D actually gets accounted in the revenue. Or a PNL account. So how it works typically is that you spend an R and D on a product today, and your product your R and D will take three four years before the product comes out. Wow. So your revenues from the same R and D comes with a big bit of a lag. Right. But your expenses hit today. Your right. PNL is hit today, but the revenues will come in future. It's a, so it's like a investment for growth, but it's using a PNL versus a balance sheet. Sure. So this is a you know uh, from an understanding perspective we need to appreciate this part. Okay. Now having said this, let's come to the part where we are. today uh, so if you look at the last 10 years just to make it simple what we did is we just took the top 5 companies by market cap mm. and we saw their journey as an aggregate mm. as a sample yeah. that what have they achieved over the last 10 years sure. now if you look at the last 10 years it's actually a phenomenal story in the last 10 years their revenues have grown at 15% mm. cagr mm. and as a result the market cap has grown at a 18% cagr sounds good which is very very remarkable yeah. however now starts the ugly part mm. if you cut the story of 10 years into two blocks mm. the first block of 6 years and the last block of last 4 years mm. the story is absolutely bipolar right the first block of 6 years you saw a revenue cagr of 23% wow and a market cap cagr of almost double of that which is around 40 44% sure however in the last block of 4 years mm. in the recent 4 years the revenue cagr has only been 5% that's it that's it hardly anything hardly anything yeah. and as a result the market cap cagr is Negative eleven percent, which means the actual absolute market caps are half of what it was four years ago. Wow! So that is a actually that is a level of wealth destruction that has happened. The actual wealth destruction that has happened in the last four years. Yeah. But however, uh, this is the part where long term investing comes in. Sure. The moment you think ten years, your ten years data still looks that you made 
in cycles if you know it's a process so what went wrong for the last 4 years so actually everything that could go wrong has gone wrong okay so when you look at it there are three parts of the business if you look at the, again i'll restrict my discussion to these top 5 companies if you look at all the top 5 companies typically the revenue mix is uh, 20 25% comes from the india business hmm 30 35% comes from the us business sure. and about the balance 40% or comes from the rest of the world business at the so, revenue level at obviously. the revenue level yeah. so today we our domestic revenues are lower than our we are a far bigger export sure. exporter to the world yeah. rather than a consumer despite of having a such a large population yeah. so to after having said that contest right now i'll go through all the three divisions what happened in the india business then the us and then the rest of the rest world, of the world yeah. so in the india business as you know in the last 4 years we've had lot of disturbances which have disrupted lot of other businesses including pharma, pharma. like a demon demonetization affected this gst transition affected pharmacy in a very big way yep. plus at the same time you started seeing lot of trade generics coming in e pharmacy coming in and lot of price controls by the government and fdc ban that came in hmm. all these things came just in a block of Four to five years, sure. and which was a result why the domestic growth rate, which was growing very healthy, uh, upwards of fifteen uh, percent, sure. has come down suddenly to a five six percent. So there's nothing wrong with the companies per se, in their business model per se. The, these are external factors that have disrupted other industries to some extent, like demand and GST, and then there are sector specific factors that has affected all the companies. Absolutely, am I right in absolutely? Okay, and and these are, these continue to still gain market share, and they will continue to gain market share even over the next ten years. Sure. So uh, then, coming to the US business, in US business also there were a lot of structural changes that happened on the marketplace. A couple of things happened. One was earlier there was a lot of buyer concentration that happened. So earlier, if say twenty thirty people were buying the same pharmacy, hmm. uh, same medicines from say. XYZ pharma company in India hmm. today there are only three buyers which buys because there was has been lot of consolidation lot of M&A that happened in US because of which those, there are only three buyers today and because of which the bargaining power of theirs have gone up versus us it, it it will obviously because you're saying that 10 years ago there might have been 10 pharma companies today there are only three correct that's because of M&A that happened on their side on their and side. when you have such a strong set of buyers just few in number their bargaining power is bound to go up so what they brought from us at 100 maybe you know 10 years ago today they're going to buy it from us at what 90 80 or something and and actually if you want to put it in degrees yeah. over the last 4 5 years approximately we would have seen a 10 to 15% or maybe over that also hmm. price erosion wow because of this bargaining that's a big revenue driver that's a massive revenue driver and this is price yeah, yeah. so your volumes have continued to grow up yeah. but your pricing has actually gone down by 10 to 15% and which is why the us revenues have only grown at 2 to 3% wow the volume growth has been good so the volume growth has still been very good Amazing. but it was a it was a phase yeah. when your bargaining powers changed yeah. but now it's all in the base yeah, yeah, yeah. now you are not anymore talking about uh, you know prices eroding by 15 16% yeah, yeah. now we are again coming out of that trough and then let's get into the you know the real hairy issue which we read so much about in the papers we've been seeing the headlines what exactly happened with the fda so uh, what happened is that um, fda increased their quality standards and they became more efficient the us fda just the to us specify FDA. to listeners yeah 
the US FDA. So uh, every facility that supplies any medicine to US has to be US FDA approved. Mm. So earlier the quality standard was at a level which now got very very high. Yeah. And when these FDA inspectors came to India, they found the facilities didn't conform to the new standard or the new norms. Sure. And as a result, many factories were shut down. So which also hit a lot of companies. But now all these issues are behind us. Mm. We've come out actually very very nicely out of these issues. Okay. But what one thing that we need to understand is that if you look at the in the last four years, none of these pharma companies really held back any investments. That's interesting. And I think that is what is very very key to note. In the last four years, although revenues are almost flat mm. and market caps are halved, mm. still these companies and this as businessmen, they have continued to invest in the the gross blocks have gone up over two and a half times. Wow! Their R and D has gone up three x. Okay. So actually, the capacity building, uh, the investment phase have continued at a incredible pace wow. in the last four years, despite of uh, such uh, such such squeeze on margins and such squeeze on ROCs. Mm. and that is what i believe that you know as a businessman either a businessman if he doesn't see a light at the end of the tunnel they'll stop doing these investments yeah. or there is a light in the end of the tunnel which will which come will, through which will come through at yeah. some point yeah. in numbers you're saying that the gross you know that the gross block has actually grown at two and a half times r&d has grown at three times over the past four years despite the revenues going by what 1.2x that's it absolutely okay so shay we've covered the definition evolution where things stands today Let's get into the last two parts of the podcast, which is what lies ahead, and how do you choose a great pharma company to invest in for the long term? Because you know that's something that we'll get into at that point. So one thing is that uh, you know, as I mentioned, Indian companies are now going up the value chain; they are going up the complexity curve, which results into R and D turning around into revenues has a longer gestation. If earlier the R and D used to turn around in two to three years, now the R and D takes four to five years to turn around. Hmm. And we are into that transitionary phase, and which is what is a result of the last four years. In the last four years, these companies continue to invest because they know this there is an outcome to this, despite of such revenue pressures. So today we are very confident in believing that we are at a cyclical trough. in terms of earnings in terms of profitability in terms of rocs mm. and we've already seen some revival in 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 last year coming through that and we'll see more revival as we go into the future second is the next 10 years will definitely be far better than the last 4 years okay because as i discussed most of the things that hit us mm. were 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 episodic and were transitionary mm. uh, now most of it we won't have a demonetization again we sure. won't have a gst transition again right. most of these things are one time the buyer consolidation happened once now there's a new normal there's an equilibrium that has that the market will find at some point right. there will be that base which will form yeah. so the terms of trade and everything will settle once and for all mm. and from that base onwards uh, you know you will start seeing volume growth reflecting in your revenue growth Correct. and volume growth has 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 to continue it's not like people will stop falling ill for sure that the secular growth story is not hasn't changed and won't change absolutely sure. so okay. so in our assessment uh, over the next 10 years our growth rate will be at least 2 to 2 and a half or 3 times of the last 4 years uh, there will be a strong mean reversion to this sector sure. uh, and more importantly and the more interesting feature will be that there'll be a very high earning higher earnings growth than the revenue growth because there is so much of investments that have gone in sure uh, which will start resulting efforts mm. so you will see operating leverage and financial leverage both coming to the fore mm. and as a result your earning growth and free cash flow generation mm. will actually be far super normal over the next 10 years than what you've seen over the last 4 years okay this is a secular industry which goes through 
you know pit stops yeah. of regulatory reform yeah, yeah. so uh, we have to mentally be prepared that even in the next 10 years there will be some uh, there will be bumps along the side some googly will come in out there someone will throw some kind of thing or which will be a hurdle but the long term story is intact it you know in terms of the weight of the sector in the index that's one perspective one way of gauging as to how big or small the sector is compared to the overall index in india for example banks are now fairly high in terms of their weightage to the nifty or to the sensex whatever it is some flavor on the pharma sector so pharma is because it has had a such a tough past as i told you the market caps have halved over the next four in the last four years as a result what happened is very underrepresented in the index today mm. uh, almost two and a half three percent of our nifty that's it that's it which is represented in the name of pharma right. and uh, when you look globally this number ranges so in footsie dow snp Uh, all these headline indices, uh, major indices, you will see pharma accounts for almost ten to fifteen percent of their indices. Wow. However, one thing we need to understand is that one, they are a lot high on innovation. Mm. They are a lot high on medical devices. Mm. They are a lot high on lot of advanced science. Sure. So it's not strictly a comparable, right? But still, the underrepresentation is is very much there and is very much amplified, yeah. uh, given the given the phase that we are coming out of. Yeah. yeah. the last four phase have been just so year so dark and also the fact that india's pharma sector like you had said at the beginning is just dawai it's just medicine right we don't even have represent meaningful representation from stuff like hospitals meaningful representation of stuff like diagnostics there are just what a few listed players yeah just so hardly of any size yeah yeah okay last part of the show uh, shrey which is the real call to action the real takeaway for the for the listeners how do they choose a good stock in the pharma sector in india what are the two three things that they should look out for and also a note to the listeners that this is for the long term for the entire pharma sector what minimum 10 year at least Absolutely. you should have a holding period of at least that much you've emphasized a point on r&d so if the entrepreneur is setting up facilities for looking at the long term as an investor that's what is going to take Absolutely. So one thing that uh, you know we need to bear in mind is each company is very different because pharma is such a diverse field and there are so many sub verticals and sub therapies and sub focus areas mm. that uh, each pharma company is very difficult, uh, very different and very difficult. Uh, you know, in 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 the journey and okay. and the cycles are different yeah. for each company. Uh, just but however, any very broad framework that what we can use mm. is one we are a supplier to the world. Okay. Now, yeah. as a result, what matters is a scale and execution. an ability to execute yeah. we should be seen as a trusted supplier of high quality trusted supplier then we will become uh, we, you know our position will get uh, amplified sure second is you need to see who has a long term vision because as i said most of these r&ds have a long gestation hmm. so today there needs to be a businessman who is willing to take that call hmm. that i will put money up front to reap benefits after many uh, couple of years and the third is because we are becoming a manufacturing hub to the world we are the china of the pharma industry if we are that then we should have a cost moat yeah. and we should do everything to ensure that this cost moat is flexed in such a way that our dominance or our competitive positioning in the world landscape mm. continues to uh, you know stay high okay so just to recall that scale r&d capacity and capability and of course the cost moat that folks is a wrap on this episode of the equity sai hai podcast brought to you by Motila Loswal Asset Management Company my guest Shrey Lunkar senior vp at Motila Loswal Asset Management Company we were talking about the pharma sector hope this was useful to you shrey thank you so much for doing this for us thank you
Filter coffee is a fascinating beverage. You need to pick the right beans, blend them in the right proportion, roast them to perfection, and slow brew at the right temperature to get the perfect cup. Which is exactly like great conversations as well. You need to track down the most interesting minds, get them into their zone, and settle down for an unhurried, unscripted chat. And coffee for me is always, always, always best enjoyed with friends. I'm Karthik Nagarajan, and do share my table as I meet some of the most interesting people I know, and sit them down for a strong cup of coffee and an even stronger conversation. Join me every Wednesday for a freshly brewed episode. This is not frappe. This is the Filter Coffee Podcast. Hi, I'm Vishal Gondal, an entrepreneur. I've had the chance to meet and understand how some of the super achievers have hacked their way to success, and they have done spectacular innovations. Now I take a closer look at these people's lives to find out what lies beneath the force. Only on the Vishal Gondal Show. Episodes out fortnightly on Wednesdays on the IVM website, app, or your favorite podcasting platform.